I'm Primal Piggy. Thank you for joining me for another BDSM United podcast in our Setnax Sex Magic series. Hopefully you're beginning to see, and maybe you're just curious. Maybe that's why you keep coming back. Maybe we're just a curiosity, which is fine. You're still going to learn some good things, some things that are practical for every person. But this is more of an intermediate series that builds upon the first sex magic series that we did uh, last year sometime. You can find that in the archives. That was a really good series. I really enjoyed bringing it to you. It was one where we helped show people that um, where a lot of books just tell you that sex magic and magic in general exists, oftentimes they don't tell you how to do any of it. And so we talked a lot and showed a lot of practices and rituals and workings that you could actually do. It was a bit of the cart before the horse, though, because we know that you're not going to be super successful just coming straight off the street, so to speak, and jumping right into sex magic. But you could begin to experiment because all of those workings gathered from a lot of different mystical traditions. Most of them really didn't uh, include anything about invoking or evoking any uh, any helpers along the way. There, there was one about that, but most of it was just focusing your own will, your own intention into magical sex workings. And so it was... Um, good place to start with visualization and energy manipulation. So it was really uh, a safe series overall. Uh, this one is on kind of developing you on a mastery level. So, uh, very similar to how you develop yourself uh, in with personal growth through BDSM. Because BDSM is not all about kinky sex. It's also about power, about control, about power exchange, authority transfer. It's about service. It's about um, it's about training. It's there's a lot of aspects to BDSM that are um, heightened by self discovery and self mastery. And so when you learn any kinds of self-mastery, this being more on a magical level, um, they really are going to correlate and help you with your everyday life in BDSM. And this is our podcast. We talk about the things that we care about. There's many other podcasts out there, so if this kind of thing isn't for you, it's okay. We're not, uh, we're not worried. We'll still be here with other topics at other times, but we talk about the things that we care about. And we're giving you a lot of really unique things that you're not going to find anywhere else. Fatigue has become the most common disease amongst people today. This fatigue really has nothing to do with physical exhaustion or a natural state of tiredness. It's of a physiological character 
and leads to a lack of will and inefficiency. What causes this form of fatigue and what can be done to remove it is a good question. It's important to note that fatigue has spread mainly in the major posts of modern civilization, civilization, sorry, in the bigger cities. One exists in a different psychological environment in a city compared to living in the countryside. Those who live closer to nature are surrounded by a limited amount of objects designed and built by man. Then more natural shapes, the fractal forms of nature with its inherent uh, element of chaos are instead dominating in more rural environments. In cities, the opposite is true. Everything is formed and fashioned for us. The objects created by man reflect the mental structure which is characteristic of mankind. In a city in which man constructs the majority of forms and shapes, a tangible collective mental structure is created and upheld through man's creations. People in the city are forced to live in this artificial structure. Mental fatigue arrives when one's, one continuously must uphold this created structure to be able to live in it. These forms need more mental energy. They demand more of the mind because of the fact that they are created to represent certain ideals and conceptions. As you're seeing, all objects are magical objects, even when they're created by people. Natural shapes leave to the beholder to individually create meaning and purpose with them. Thus, one is creative and active in relation to what is perceived. One of the prime examples of a massive feeding of created structures that causes fatigue is television. For many people, this fatigue may have a special function a certain safety can be found in this unawareness. It's less demanding to let oneself be controlled and not have to deal with one's life and its purpose. In other words, television is a good escape. Sometimes we need that momentary escape. It's easy to understand, but overall, it's not really that good that people who are forced to live their life locked inside soul-killing structures escape in this way. For, for the magician, fatigue is one of the, our greatest enemies. The magician's goal is to control life and individually create your own personal situation. Great amounts of energy and clarity are needed to achieve this. I'm not saying abandon the cities and run to the hills. I'm not saying, you know, move to the remote, uh, to some remote location and jump off the grid. Not saying any of that at all. But one of the first tasks for the magician um, entering this darker path is to begin the deconstruction of the structures that control your mind. The magician must make conscious the structures in which you already exist 
and uh, and those that are unconsciously influencing you. In this manner, they can be controlled and, if necessary, annihilated. Through being conscious of how one is controlled, one is liberated. So the magician can now create individual structures since you're no longer controlled by the old structures. By personal creation, the magician has an active and a creative attitude to his or her own life. And thus fatigue has no real possibility to stain the mind. Fatigue is a heavy cloud over the mind of the stricken and it prevents from seeing what is outside this dark sphere. Fatigue also prevents the magician from opening the mind to receive visions and magical experiences. Passivity on the earthly level leads to passivity on other levels. One of the most unfortunate damages caused by fatigue is its influence on dreaming. To dream is a psychic process, but mental fatigue makes the dreams muddy and unclear. They become harder to remember and impossible to control. For the magician, control over dreams is an important goal. But really, fatigue must first be conquered. Also, magical results in general are influenced negatively by fatigue, since the magician risks losing faith in his or her own abilities. Often, magicians battling fatigue work even less magically, but should be doing the exact opposite to prevent being swallowed up completely by fatigue. By actively continuing whatever magical workings that you do, the magician is constantly battling fatigue. It's in the actions, not the results, that are most important in the life of the magician. Results do matter because we're trying to create something here, but really the actions are important in battling inactivity and battling fatigue. Magic is the path of action. To do is magic. By forcing oneself to be active, one will automatically reach the desired results. I know this to be true. If I go too many days without recording podcasts and publishing them, that lack of activity will consume me. It'll become the new norm, the new regular. And it inhibits what I'm growing and what I'm creating through this podcast. So by forcing myself to be active, to sometimes podcast, sometimes record things and create things when I don't feel like creating anything, I automatically reach the results that I really desire. Now, to balance that out just a bit, I do have to know the seasons. I have to know what season I'm in. Maybe I'm in a season where I need to rest. I need to recover. I need to create a little less. So I may put some well-executed breaks in there, but I'm not going to just haphazardly create long breaks. 
Most people waste too much energy on exaggerated emotional storms. A magician must carefully avoid wasting any energy on meaningless situations and occurrences in life and in one's surroundings. I know we can get uh, trapped in our certain role here uh, as BSM educators when we spend too much uh, time online corresponding with people in a more give-and-take uh, debate kind of forum. A lot of the education that really gets done and really does things is when we give it to you and then we let you chew on it and we let you eat the meat and spit out the bones. It's not by us trying to persuade you. That polemic uh, structure of trying to persuade you, trying to beat you over the head with our... Um, with our correct teachings, so to speak, is a lot of wasted energy. Negative feelings suck the magician as a vampire and leave nothing left. It's quite interesting that magicians who do curses in a state of rage rarely reach any results at all. They've wasted all the energy on themselves and their rage instead of putting it properly into the place that they're trying to put it. By not wasting energy on petty things, the magician is able to direct it towards the initiation instead and reach in a level of power and awareness. This structure that I mentioned in man's surroundings creates a lid over the life force. By easing this structure, the life force is released. One must be independent of all ideas, conceptions, norms, and conventions that make up the structure that you find yourself in, whether it's, uh, you know, whatever man-made structures are in your path or in your environment or in where you live. We'll find out soon enough that you can use things like meditation, hypnosis, creative work, dreams, magical work. We can use things like kundalini awakenings, and uh, we can have results that uh, can uh, that uh, are can truly sorry burn away fatigue. We'll get to all those things a little farther down the road. The most suitable place for most of our workings is out in nature, oftentimes at night when things are just kind of resting around us with, a, with more natural shapes around. The magician will be more easily open to the mind. And uh, it's in these wild forms that our helpers often appear. <laughs> we'll get to that more as we unfold. I'm Primal Piggy. Thank you for joining me for this BDSM United podcast. Um, in our Setnax Sex Magic series, we're, we're on a much deeper level. Again, maybe you're just listening to this podcast out of curiosity. 
Maybe we are the curiosity to you. You're wondering why you're finding magical things on a BDSM podcast. It's because it's something we care about. We realize that there's a correlation between the types of mastery that you're going to do in any kind of thing. Uh, It just happens to be mastery in magical practice that we're talking about. But it correlates into other kinds of mastery in your life. Other kinds of personal development that makes you better at relationships, better at power exchange, better at uh, giving kinks, better at being more intentional and mindful and having a better connection with your partner or your play partner. Just better connections to your local community. You'll find a lot of correlation there. You can find all of our resources at www.bdsmunited.com. It was a joy bringing this episode to you, and I'll talk with you again soon.